This is Big Business with Sarah. This podcast guides you to finding what you desire most in life and business. Because running a business is very much about your personal development. In this podcast, I'm sharing what my clients ask me and how I help them. Thanks for joining. Welcome back again to Big Business with Sarah. I am your coach, Sarah, and it's time for another weekly update with a very nice client question. Today, we will be discussing how you can create a profitable product suite by leveraging your work experience and personal preferences and talents and everything. And, you know, I got this question coming in from... Actually, I'm I'm getting this question... Um, I don't really get this question. Let's just start with that. My clients ask me, how can I sell? You know, how can I make sure that my container is full or that, you know, that I'm uh, making enough money to, you know, pay for the costs that I'm having in my business? And so (laughs) all my clients have worked on this extensively. And this is always where we start. Why? Because I believe if your product isn't good, you have no business to sell it. And I'm seeing this, you know, there's coaches who help you with marketing, with sales, with, you know, TikTok, with Instagram reels, whatever. I think that's great, but I think you really should start start at the core. Really think about what you want. And, you know, this doesn't really go for every business, right? But I think if you're a solopreneur, you should really do what you desire because, as I'm saying in the introduction, running a business is very much about your personal development. It is. You know, if you're not doing that, if you're not diving into who you are, if you don't want that, then it's going to be very hard to make money and enjoy running your business. So last one, last week, someone joined my cohort of coaches and uh, she was telling me that um, whilst working on this, uh, it was actually a lot of fun and uh, to work on this because she had a quite limited product suite of two products or services or packages, however you want to call it. And um yeah, she actually really enjoyed working with me, but it's actually, you have to dive a little bit deep. So today I'm just going to give you a glimpse of the steps that we have taken and, you know, not just me and her, but also all my clients actually. And it's already, actually, it's going to be a lot, uh, very, I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> thinking I'm helping so many people. I love it. Uh, so, you know, in order to help, have helped them, um, you know, we were taking a lot of, you know, deep dives and, and steps, but I, I kind of dissected it into three, you know, kind of broader steps that you can take. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper, I have decided to host a few free masterclasses to help you do this as well. And that's not what we're going to talk about today, but it's a little bit of a deeper dive into your offer. Because once again, I believe once your offer is good, then it's very easy for you to sell. Uh, You can check out the dates of the free masterclasses through the link in the description. I will put it up there. Um, I would love for you to join. You know, it's for free. You know, it's, I, you know, what do you, what, what will you lose? So as a business owner, you want to create a business model that works for you and your clients. So how to do that? Um, You know, that's very simple and easy. I'm going to share three steps with you today. 
how you can get it started. If you liked it, you can go continue in the free masterclass. So step one is identify your core skills and expertise. So the first step in, first step, first step, sorry. Sometimes I, I might, I, not sometimes, I hear myself all the time. I'm wearing headphones right now because this entire podcast is self-produced. I'm having my Rodecaster Pro right here with all the buttons. You know, that's how it works. So I'm actually really pushing the buttons. You know, there's no editor here, only a video editor who helps put, um, put my video on uh, on YouTube and, ask, and add some uh, beautiful visuals um, and, you know, making sure that it makes sense, everything. Uh, but, you know, I'm actually doing this all myself and you know, the Rodecaster Pro, I think it was about 800 euros. I'm not really sure I bought it in November and I wanted to buy it for myself because I knew that I was going to approach the 50th episode or I already recorded it, I'm not really sure. And, you know, for the 50th episode, I wanted to change, you know, my entire format as you're seeing right now. So I'm always first doing a client question. Then the second part is a question from the audience, from you. It's very easy to submit yours through buraspb.com slash podcast. And then, you know, the final part is, you know, a question from me to you. And, you know, it took a while. It took 50 episodes to figure this out. Um, <laughs> why did I say that? Oh, yeah, right. Because now I'm hearing myself the whole time and, uh, the first first step is um, creating. <laughs> so let's just continue. Um, some of my listeners told me um, that they are always a little bit afraid when I'm going to start yapping away. So this is for you, listener. Now we're going to go back into what I wanted to talk about. Step one. The first step is in creating a profitable product suite is to identify your core skills and expertise. And, um, you know, these are what make you unique, right? And valuable to your clients so often, and especially on your LinkedIn, I'm seeing so often, follow my storytelling workshop, follow my, you know, Instagram. Why? Why should I do that? So start by making a list of all the skills and experience that you have acquired over the years, both in your personal and professional life. So also ask yourself questions like, why do people come for me for advice? What problems do I generally solve? What services or products have I provided in the past? But also, what do I really like? You know, um, this could be really, really anything. Um, so once you have have identified your core skills, and also you know, don't be afraid to add in some really strange things, right? There was actually a client question, uh, or no, sorry, a listener's question coming in a couple of weeks ago, and she was asking, Taylor was asking, you know, how can I combine, you know, two things that aren't really. Um, aligned you know in general well that's actually your special you know, specialty you know that's speciality <laughs> that's what you you know that is your special offer and you have to set yourself apart um so once you have identified your core skills expertise things you love uh you can use them as as the foundation for your product suite. So for example, one of my clients, she has so much experience in so many different areas, yoga, marketing, tarot, mindset work, uh, you know, community building, so many things more. I told her to write it all down, 
for herself, but also for me, because I looked, you know, looked at it, and it was an interesting process to see because, you know, um, yeah, we we have actually taken a lot of steps um, before she is where she is now. So she did a great job, actually. Step number two: combine your skills and expertise with your personal interests. So the second step is to actually combine your skills and expertise with your personal interests. So your personal interests are what, you know, what make you passionate about what you do. And, you know, they can really help you differentiate yourself from your competition. So make a list. I just mentioned this before, but make a list of all the things that you enjoy doing in your personal life and think about how you can incorporate them into your business. So for example, if you are a business coach and you enjoy yoga, you could create a product suite that combines yoga and business coaching. You could offer yoga and coaching retreats or create a coaching program that incorporates mindfulness and meditation practices. So um, I was, you know, recently I was doing some sort of visualization of what my big business event was going to look like. So I'm hosting a royal retreat upcoming Tuesday. You can't apply anymore. I will let you know when you can. Uh, it's going to be really great. But I also want to organize a bigger event because the royal retreat is really very special and very limited and very exclusive. Anyway, so I want to host a big business event. I've been saying this, er, telling you this every podcast episode yet. I haven't found a location. I have no idea about the price, but I do already kind of know what I want to do. And I am actually going to, um, I already know the program and I already know what I'm going to offer. And that's going to be very much from personal interest. If you can guess <laughs> what this is, you can get a free gift for me because you know if you would if you can guess you know you can just send me a message saying yeah, i think it's going to be this yes do let me know the third step and that's the final step is to test and iterate so once you have created your product suite right you have combined everything you know your skills experience expertise and then everything that you love to do it's important to test this with your target target audience and make adjustments as you go based on their feedback. So if you're just having two products, I I just saw you know I just saw a reel today with you know someone saying this. I'm sorry to say this, but bull crap of that you only should have one or two services or products that you can focus on. No. You don't have to do that. Why should you do that? You have to try and test and see what works. You know, um, make adjustments. Don't be afraid to experiment and try new things. The more that you test and iterate, the better you'll understand what works and what doesn't. Because what I see happening so often, this also happens to my clients. If it happens, I'm going to t you know talk in this tone and if you're watching on youtube you see me putting up my finger and uh, i'm being very strict but if i see this happening i know that we have to do something else you know we have to look at it and say this doesn't work you have to be honest to yourself if this doesn't work then go to the next step i've done this for my business it's horrible i know it is horrible you really don't want to do that actually but you're not going to create something that people don't want that's such a waste 
of your time and of course of your client's time, but they're not going to spend any time on it, obviously, because they don't want to buy. So uh, in conclusion, creating a profitable product suite is all about combining your core skills and expertise with your personal interests and values by, you know, just following these three steps, you know, if, and identifying your core skills, combining your skills with your personal interests and testing and iterating, you can create a business that is both possible, profitable, sorry, and fulfilling. And so if you want to join the masterclass to really dive deep into this, you can find out how to join through the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to work with you and it is completely for free. And now it's time for one of your questions. Hi, Sarah. First off, I absolutely love your podcast. I am always looking forward to tuning in for your insights. So I have a question for you. It's something that I have been pondering as a freelance graphic designer. I know that you've talked a lot about AI and as the professional landscape changes, I am wondering how do you see the creative fields adapting to these technological advancements? Um, what are some of the ways creatives can stay ahead of the curve and ensure that they continue to bring unique value to the table while also embracing the benefits of AI? Anyway, I am very curious to hear your thoughts on this. Keep up the great work and thanks for being such an inspiring voice. Thank you so much, Jan, and uh, thank you so much for listening and um, asking this question because I do love AI. Uh, in a way that it is reminding us all that nothing is certain in life, and you know, uh, and you know, and actually, you know, the only way to survive is to keep on moving, and you know, that's what it reminds me of. And um, you know, as I mentioned before about the personal development, it's very much, you know, I think, you know, being a business owner is very much about that, you know, creating something that people want, and sometimes business owners forget that and um and that's okay but this is a very strong reminder that you should always adapt because you're part of the world right you're part of the collective so there was research done by open ai itself so that's the organization who created ChatGPT. Um, and they said, actually, funnily enough, maybe you've seen it too, that graphic designers will keep their jobs. And I'm going to talk about this um, in my answer. And there was another article, a few, well, it's probably going to be a week ago once this airs, uh, is uh, from Goldman Sachs saying that 300 million jobs will be lost due to AI. And these are mostly administrative workers and lawyers. And, um, you know, that's sad, obviously. I mean, you know, it, it's sad that jobs are, you know, going away. But in a way, I mean, if it can be done by a computer, why, why would you hold on to that? You know, that's something that is also very very well described in the book from Daniel Pink. It's called A Whole New Mind. I have no idea how often I mentioned this and I should actually really receive something like an affiliate link because I am crushing it in the recommendations 
um, area. <laughs> but it's it's really a very well written book about um, you know industrialization, you know blue collar workers, upcoming of the white collar workers, and now kind of you know the left you know the left brain occupations that they are disappearing. I mean, he's not very, you know, he's very nuanced. Obviously, I'm making it a little bit easier right now. And that the right brain, so more the emotional and the empathetic side of the brain, is having so much more opportunity in the age of AI. And that's what I love so much as well, is that most, you know, left brain, you know, wired people are very much into AI right now. Uh, whilst actually it should be more right brain people because you can really easily see how the work that you probably don't really like to do can be just done by AI. You don't have to do anything anymore. The only thing you have to do is be your own emotional, empathetic self. <laughs> so read that book because it has really reassured me in the work that I'm doing. And there are so many things that I can now delegate to AI and you know, not to a person anymore or not even to myself anymore. So I'm also, for instance, I'm also really looking at my product suite. What am I offering my clients? Can they also ask ChatGPT? Okay, what can't they ask? And that's where I'll help them. So uh, I suggest you do the same in graphic design. So... You know, one thing, you know, the first thing that you can do is to automate design tasks. So you can really tell AI to do routine design tasks, resizing images, optimizing color palettes, generating placeholder text. You know, it's so easy to kind of copy paste, you know, things that you're, you know, repetitive works that you're doing. It can really save a lot of time for designers and, you know, even, you know, in this transitional phase, it's also going to be, you know, it's going to probably take a while before your clients or employers know, you know, what um, tools can do. And I'm not saying that that you have to kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, how do you say, um, abuse your clients in that, but you can actually help them, educate them, and don't be too afraid to show what is possible. I know that Adobe uh, Photoshop, I think, is, you know, there is a wait list right now for people, um, you know, to see if, um, you know, to sh uh, how do you say, it? that they're going to release their new version, which probably has a lot of AI tools and I'm very much looking forward actually to that and I would just and I'm you know saying this in every answer you know I would just really look at what's possible and see how you can adapt it as quickly as possible in your business so the second one is is that tip or you know idea or uh, benefit is actually that you can uh, AI can generate new design concepts and ideas by analyzing existing designs and identifying patterns. So this can really help you as a designer to come up with new ideas and explore new directions in your work. So you don't really have to think about everything, you know, just from scratch, but you can actually really rely on what's already there. The third one is, is that it can really help you create personalized designs by analyzing user data and preferences, allowing um, you to create designs that are tailored to individual users. The fourth thing that you benefit that you can have is that you can really have a design optimization. So 
AI can really help you uh, analyze design performance and provide insights into which designs are most effective. And this can help you as a designer to optimize your designs for better engagement and conversion rates or whatever your client wants. And the fifth is, um, you know, in terms of collaboration, if you're working with other designers, AI can easily facilitate, um, you know, collaboration between designers by automating tasks such as uh, version control, file management, allowing teams to work uh, more efficiently together. So... Also have a look at tools like Canva, you know, know what people already can do easily and check out how can you help them additionally. So, for instance, in my own personal branding, you know, new rebranding, styling, you know, what are the steps that I should take? That is something that I would really want to have a professional opinion on. So my point really is, Jan, is to look at... um, what's possible get used to getting to get it moving you know and this is something why people are i in my opinion why people are afraid of ai is because um people don't like change and but once you embrace the fact that change is going to happen anyway and once you embrace the fact that a computer can take over a few of your uh, a few tasks why not embrace it and just go with it? Um, so find a way for yourself to have fun with this. So maybe challenge yourself every day, you know, to you know spend some time reading um, a newsletter. So for instance, the Big Brain newsletter is really nice uh, on AI updates. I actually read it almost every day. Um, or you know, try 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 out something new. I just recently, um, so I'm I think I'm about thirty minutes a day. I'm working with AI, and I recently worked with Canva, and I was so surprised what it what it actually already could do. Whilst it's such in the in the early stages actually of design, so also try to find a way to have fun with this because from f- having fun, you attract. Best of luck. Now I have a question for you. So this week I'm running a journaling challenge with my mastermind group and uh, it's a seven day challenge. So every day they receive a journaling prompt and I want to share one with you today. So this is the one. What have you done to have the life you currently have? Which steps did you take? How have you become the person you are? Take some time to write this down for yourself the upcoming days and, you know, have fun with this as well. And journaling really helps you to create a consciousness about, you know, what you're doing in your life. So have fun with this. I wish you a very happy rest of your week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Big Business with Sarah. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. If you're ready for your next step in business, you can find out how to work with me in the show notes. Do not forget to submit your coaching question for one of my next episodes. Have a happy day.